I bought some socks and underwear for this. They're down there. Charlie Miley is packing for a very long trip. But he's not going on a plane or in a car. It's not your average trip, and it's not the sort of thing he usually does. Um, notebooks and camera, a book of poetry by Rumi. Many of us seek adventure, some sort of experience that takes us far away from the ordinary to help us reset our perspective or maybe see the world differently. We might backpack across some foreign country, or maybe we drive for days to spend time in the wilderness, climb a mountain, or swim in a river, but that's not what Charlie is doing. Yeah, I have oatmeal, ramen, some prunes from a previous trip, chocolate. For this trip, Charlie will hardly leave home. Welcome to the Paris of the Plains. From Kansas City, I'm your host, Matt Hodap. Borders separate us, but they also define us. Creating your identity means defining what you are in relation to what you're not. This episode is about an artist who walked the border of Kansas City to discover himself and what lies at our boundaries. This story takes us on a journey at the fringes of the Paris of the Plains to uncover what Kansas City is like at its furthest edge. This is Charlie Miley walking the border. Journalist Esther Honig brings us the story. Oh man, I don't even like tuna, but I know I'm, it's packs a punch. I've come to see Charlie the night before he leaves when he tells me that him and his girlfriend, Lindsay, are separating. You broke up? Yeah. What? You might be thinking this seems like a great time for Charlie to be taking off, but he's actually had this trip planned for months. Right now, he's focused on packing. And we go over his plans and check out his gear. Part of this for me is personal pilgrimage or personal transformation. And so I want to be present with the walk. The thought came about in that way that a lot of small ideas snowball into a larger idea. Uh, I read an essay in a book about walking pilgrimages, and it was pretty short, and it was also, it was more like an encouragement how-to. And it suggested, I think, like a 10-day, 150-mile walk, at least. From Kansas City, 150 miles might get you to Omaha, Nebraska, or Emporia, Kansas, and none of these destinations hold any significance for Charlie. So... It made perfect sense that it could always be 30 minutes from home, but still go on a long journey and um, try to be a tourist in her own town, which is, is hard. Charlie but, um, will walk the border of Kansas City, 212 miles in all. It may take two, maybe three weeks, and as he go, he'll camp along the way. He'll also draw and journal and take photos to document the trip. And he wonders... How will this alter his perspective about a place that he's called home for a decade? Will I love the city on its far, weird, unknown parts? And so I want to see what that city is. And, and there's like the idea that there's cows grazing in our city. And how, how is that affecting our city? And do we ever think about that when we're like focused on the urban core? And how will the people there react to Charlie? Will they be friendly and generous, even when he happens to be illegally trespassing through someone's backyard? By virtue of the border, not because I just want to do it for fun. Um, 
And it's like, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. So I like might have to sleep in a bush and, or I'm going to have to cross interstates and you're not allowed to do that as a pedestrian. Charlie has a map that was made for him by his friend, Zach Flannery at BNIM. And it's probably one of the few physical maps that accurately outlines the city border. To navigate, he'll have just this map and a compass. So this looks like north of the river. Okay. I think, right? I don't, shit. (laughs) Uh, There's the, a quote that I love. It's also the title of a book. It's called, We Make the Road by Walking. Um, So I try to keep that attitude. For the most part, Charlie will be on his own, but friends might come and join him to walk for a few miles, and of course, I'll be coming every few days to document his progress. Charlie will also have a recorder, so we'll be hearing from him on the trail as he finds cities within a city. feel of this area feels pretty rural. Old houses, clothes on the line, pickup trucks, tons of no trespassing signs, overgrowth, signs of livestock, trampoline, three balls full of leaves, a dish, a trailer, Wild Bill and Sue. Feels like Missouri. But does it feel like Kansas City? Big inhale. I was coming up on this guy who was walking kind of slowly. He had a really kind of like interesting story. He used to live in Minneapolis and he had been married for a long time and he had a heart attack and he walked every day to recuperate. And so he started only walking a block and he was getting up to like a mile or something. We're talking and I ended up asking him where a bar was and he's like, oh yeah, it's just up here. So we went to that bar and then he goes well there's another bar a little bit further if you want to go to that one it's better when he delivered me to the bar that I ended up at uh, Harbs it was the best place I could have been it was perfect it had a neon sign that said Shea Harvey's it's dim there's a TV above the bartender bartender's name was so are you like camping out too? Yeah. Are you gonna look for like campsites or something, or just on the side of the road, or what? Just hide, <laughs> or unless somebody like will let me sleep in their yard or something. I have a camo tarp, so I can hide. <laughs> Do you know anybody that lives near here that would let me sleep in their yard? And the Kansas City Royals are playing. It's a World Series game where they could they could take the series. We're going to win it right here, right now. Ball game. Yeah! 
we all felt the same. They're people that I would never talk to, much less like hug and high five. So it was ecstatic to just be lost in that moment. And I wish we could win every day. I meet up with Charlie on the trail three days after the start of his trip. At this point, he's made it up to Longview Lake on the border of Lee Summit and South Kansas City. Can I have a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit? This morning, he's grabbing breakfast at McDonald's. Yes, sir. Is the sandwich oh. or the meal? What happens with the meal? Cash brown and a drink. Yeah, let's see the meal. I'm gonna get my he has a $10 a day budget for extra food, like quick trip hot dogs and the occasional hamburger which also means he's figured out how to eat those canned beans he packed. And I got some Doritos. I was like, crunched up the Doritos, put them in the beans. Oh, magnifique. So far, Charlie's walked about 50 miles. He got lost for the first time, and he says he's getting taken to a lot of places that he wouldn't go otherwise. Like, things that I might want to go see, or that I might be more attracted to, just aren't on the border. At times, the landscape can be a bit bleak. Think strip malls and shoulderless highways. So Charlie has to really work to seek out those micro moments of inspiration. Like the other day when he was on the trail off Blue Ridge Boulevard. It's like a, it's part of Santa Fe Trail. That was kind of powerful, like being on a historic trail. And it has a Santa Fe Trail marker. And it also has a cave spring. And it's not huge. And it's like not that impressive. But it was, it was again like a moment where I was like, all right, this is going to be one of my sacred spots. This is going to be one of my sites. This is going to be... And I got to like put my feet in the water, which was like felt really good on my feet. Being in this cave, cooling down, being away from cars so I can still hear them. It feels beautiful. Uh, it feels like a minor shrine to an obscure saint. I had been walking on Lee Summit Road most of the morning, which there was no shoulder, and there's construction work. And at the end of the road, I got to follow a creek that took me to this beautiful, pristine lake. But so then I left the trail, and I just came up in somebody's backyard. And as I left their backyard, there's kind of like a big central lot. And in the middle of the lot, there's an old pear tree. And there's an old woman picking the pears and then there's her husband. He's in a rascal next to her with bags of pears. They were extremely friendly. See where that backhoe is over there in the road? Yeah. That fence road that goes straight back like that. When you get back there at the corner, there's a cemetery right there on the right. John owns the property on this side here, and he took an Cleaned it all off, gonna build the airport, and never did get the airport built. But he's got an airplane up there in the, that big barn. They were gonna build an airport here? Yeah, he he was gonna have a runway there. Cause he, he's a pilot? Yeah. Uh, his wife perished in the airplane over here at the airport. They come in for a landing and clip the trees 
and ruptured the gas tank and the gas all run down on her and caused a fire. And they got her out, but she was burnt pretty bad. And then he got burnt pretty bad trying to get her out. Oh, he, it was like a, they were just flying them two together. Yeah, he was flying in into the airport oh my gosh. to land and clipped the head rope. And, and she didn't survive? Uh, she didn't, but he did. Yeah. And he's still going just like crazy. He's, I think, 70, 72 or 73. After being alienated all day on that road, being passed by cars and not having a space of my own, so just to have that moment with them was really special to me. It's dark on a shoulderless suburban road, no sidewalks. My feet hurt awful. I'm trying to get to the end. It's not far. I want a hotel. I want a cheeseburger. I want somebody with me in the hotel to eat a cheeseburger with me. I want it to be tomorrow. I want coffee. I want anything but this. So I'm looking for Charlie in Walmart. He told me he was going to be here. There he is, doing something over a trash can. Hey, Charlie. Hello. What are you, what are you doing? Charlie is sitting in customer service, cutting out a new pair of insoles for his Converse sneakers. He says his feet have been killing him, and he kind of overdid it on the walking. Now he has a knee brace. He also tore up his sweater on some barbed wire. It's been a rough couple of days. So then like last night, for instance, it was just like, I just want to make it to state line. And that was a goal. And I got lost. And so I had two tall boys in my, in my backpack and I just slammed them before I got to state line. And so I was like kind of buzzing. And, and then I realized it was not state line and I was like, Oh, I had to climb over a chain link fence, like just blatantly trespass, which was all right because it was nighttime. And I had my compass out and I was like, all right, I have to go due west. And I was like doing that. And I don't know what happened because I was following the compass, but maybe like the compass was sticking. I don't know. But I ended up basically going north and looping back on myself so I ended up where I started after like an hour and a half of walking through grass and like going over barbed wire fences and all that kind of stuff so then I was just I was about to just like fall down and cry and I was like still kind of drunk I follow Charlie to a neighborhood diner where he grabs breakfast corned beef and hash and I ask him about his questions so the ones that I have are what does the city mean today what are my boundaries today 
What about walking today has redefined my view of Kansas City? These are a series of questions gathered from friends and family that Charlie is reflecting on each day as he walks. Like, what made me like Kansas City today? How much space there is and how many pockets of woods and there's trails and there's streams and creeks and lakes. It was beautiful and I felt out of the city and it's natural resource assets. And I hear people talk all the time like, oh, Kansas City, there's nothing outdoorsy to do. I wouldn't want to move to the coast where they have like mountains and stuff. And it's like, well, we have like easily accessible lakes, rivers. Um, and so it's, that's how I've, it's been redefining my view of the city that way too. And it's a thing that I'm like falling in love with the city is knowing how much space we have and how much there is to offer. Then I make a kind of bold move, and I ask Charlie if his breakup with his girlfriend Lindsay has been surfacing at all as he walks and does his reflecting. I'm going to be candid, but you're a privileged person to hear this. (laughs) Um, For the first few days especially, just like, just desires, like boiling and bubbling. And then I got the hotel when I was with Lindsay. We pretty much just spent the whole day together, laying in bed, like watching TV. <laughs> you, you know, shit happens at a hotel. <laughs> um, so. Charlie, where are you right now? I'm at a hotel, uh, America's Best Value Suites. What's it like? Totally shitty. <laughs> Maybe some of it's too, it's like I've been through like a really big breakup too that felt really bad and maybe because I like knew it was over and this I don't know like never never felt like the end (laughs) what are you doing I'm sitting on a bed I've been watching Lifetime for a couple hours drinking Milwaukee's best (laughs) Um, I took a bath to soak my knee which was hurting too bad to walk. So you're having some physical issues, feeling phys- physical limitations. Um, yes. No, I think that maybe you've almost created a little bit of like a suspension in time or, you know, space for processing and working through some of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're done. Okay, I mean, that's the. 11, right? It's just like, when are we gonna admit okay. that? Or like what has to happen before we can admit it, or or, or will we just like end up where we were before? Some people have been like, "Oh, you're trying to find yourself." It's like, no, you know, like I found myself a long time ago. Like this is maintenance work. every side of me for probably the past two miles it said property of hunt midwest no trespassing or hunting violators will be prosecuted open fields brush woods to my right there's a creek there's some large stones stacked that's the fourth gunshot I don't think I should be here. 
but it's the border. I'm not exactly sure what to do. The sun is setting when I meet up with Charlie and his friend Colin, who's been walking with Charlie since that morning. And, and how far along have you made it so far, do you think? I think we're one third of the way through. So we've, we've done almost everything south of the river. And so now it's just going north. To follow the border, our path is sandwiched between the Missouri River, a railroad track, and I-69. We make our way north towards the Kansas City International Airport. On this day, I walk with Charlie and Colin for at least an hour. We walk in silence, we point out the things we spot along the trail. It's peaceful and relaxing. And I remember how Charlie said that this trip isn't about trying to find himself. He says he's already done that. This is about maintenance taking the time to just be. And Colin says that's what happens on these long walking trips. How you just find yourself, your head just empties, right? Like, and eventually you're not really thinking about anything and you're just doing this until you are tired. And that's really nice. Uh, we are on the banks of a creek that runs along a train yard that feeds into the Ford Motor Plant outside of Claycomo. I think it's loud enough. Maybe I should put it on. Tim is with me. What are we doing sitting by a creek in the dark in November? I I don't know. I just wish everybody could see this like for themselves and have arrived here on their own. That spot seemed perfect. I think we named it Deep Creek or Dark Creek. I think that's the thing that makes me saddest about even being with my family. Yeah. It's just like, don't you, you don't know like what's there. You don't know what's out there. And I don't, I mean like, and I'm saying like out there and I'm just talking about the fringe of our city. Like we didn't know it was out here. I didn't know what was out here. And that's when people, I talk to people like, why did you do this? And I'm like, short answer is I just didn't know what was out here. And it's blowing my mind. But under it all is a sadness that like, mm, that people aren't doing this. And there was like a roomy poem that was like talking about like asking the embryo about the outside world. And the embryo is just like, what world? There's nothing outside of here. You must be hallucinating. But it's just like there's levels of of understanding. And I don't, I mean, I don't think that I'm at any, like, the level, mm -hmm. the highest or lowest or deepest, whatever the 
You've spatial, it, but it's just like this is a different. We crossed some threshold. Every time we followed that little dotted line, and it left that cul-de-sac world, there was like a gate into wilderness, and that's that's the threshold you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But did you feel the threshold too when we went from that field to behind a Office Max? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's another, yeah, that's yeah, a threshold, yeah. too. It's just like, but then, but so the, I guess the thing is, like, there's those people that live in those cul-de-sacs that never cross those thresholds. They never went, mm-hmm. they never go to the end of their cul-de-sac where we did and just walk, keep walking. Mm-hmm. You just stop. And to live only in a world of, of cul-de-sacs or only in a world of horses or only in a world of, of the city like we do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I don't know, that's the, that's the thing I wish for everybody, It's just to see how much more there is. Mm. You don't even have to go far. You want to build a tiny fire? Sure. What did you get out of the walk today? Um, I got pee. I do too. All right. We pee, and then two police helicopters start coming and shine and we jump down the bank and the light shines right over us um but the we're on like a lower bank so the upper bank blocked the spots but that had us on edge we never built a fire we just laid low went to sleep (laughs) Wearing a cardigan, dress pants, <laughs> nothing that I saw you in on your on your trip. Yeah, I'm out of my camo. Charlie finished his trip in just 15 days. That's a few days sooner than I'd expected. So I was out of town when he finally stepped off the trail. So instead, I meet up with him at work. He's been back for just four days and still readjusting. I cried the other day at the coffee shop. <laughs> Um, what did you cry about? Mm, I was reading more Rumi. This was the first one. This is what got me teary-eyed. And it probably won't mean anything to anybody else. Um, if the beloved is everywhere, the lover is a veil. But when living itself becomes the friend, lovers disappear. That was the feeling that I was looking for when, when planning the trip. And the thing that I had been looking for the entire time when I was out there was falling in love with like a road or a stream or a hawk or leaves falling off of a tree, like being away from someone who I'd been romantically involved with. And especially after realizing it's like, oh yeah, we are broken up. And maybe that's our future, you know, and that's until we like date other people or get back together and start kissing. I don't know. And right now, I kind of feel like Charlie's heartache feeds into the bigger theme of this trip. And that's that he's dealt with struggle. Whether it was his aching feet, a bum knee, or being isolated along a shoulderless road, or trespassing through a hunting range. And that, he says, has taught him the biggest lesson. It was like, things are the way they are. And so just see them, witness them. This, he says, is something called the Stoic philosophy. The strength to accept what we can't change 
and even see beyond that discomfort or fear to find the small moments of euphoria. Like on one of his last days, when Charlie was eating lunch at a diner in Platte City. The waitress told me that eight people had tried to pay for my, my meal. I'd been looking for the goodness of people. And I guess I had been looking for it in terms of like a conversation or where maybe I'd be invited in or something. And while I didn't get that, I had been so like alienated by all the cars that that like that moment just felt so good. And that says Charlie allowed him to go home happy. Thanks to Charlie Miley for sharing his story with us. If you go to our website, you'll find an incredible interactive map designed by Zach Flannery at BNIM that tracks the route Charlie walked. You'll also find pictures, sound clips, and drawings that he made on the trail. It's really incredible. Please go to www.fountaincityfrequency.com. You don't want to miss out. And thanks to Esther Honing for bringing us the story. You may have noticed that our website has changed. Fountain City Frequency is a brand new multimedia organization that we're happy to be a part of. You can find out more on the website. All our music is original and written by composer Jamie Searle. All our digital and graphic work is done by Matthew Sullivan. I'm Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening.